Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. I feel there were people out there that that's another reason I made the video that don't get the support. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping this would reach out to them and really strike home to them. Like there are people out there that are there for you. What is double outlet right ventricle? What is TAPVR? How did living with congenital heart defects influence Michael McKelvey's life growing up? What has Michael achieved in adulthood? Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna Jaworski and the mother of an adult with a congenital heart defect who has undergone three open heart surgeries. That is the reason I became an advocate for the CHD community, and that's why I am the host of your podcast. Today's show is a special show for Success Story Saturday in HeartMap 2022. Our program is Accepting Your CHD and Thriving, and our guest is Michael McKelvey. Michael McKelvey is 30 years old and lives with a complex congenital heart defect called double outlet right ventricle or DORV. He works as an internet service provider technician in Pittsburgh. Growing up, life wasn't easy for Michael. He underwent four open heart surgeries between the ages of nine days and 16 years. And he was a small, skinny, sickly kid who was always told what he couldn't do. As he grew older and began to understand his CHD, he struggled to accept his condition. Over time, this changed, and he began to embrace what he could do. Today, Michael is married and lives a very active lifestyle, even though he will face more surgeries in the future. He's talking to us today in the hopes that his outlook can help others. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Michael. Hi, Anna. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you on the program, especially for our Success Story Saturday, because you have just been amazing. We learned in your bio that you were born with double outlet right ventricle, but not all of my listeners will know what that is. So let's start by learning a little bit about what DORV is and what the doctors did to palliate that condition. Yeah, it's good to be here. So double outlet right ventricle is a congenital heart defect. For those of you that don't know what congenital is, that means you're born with it. Double outlet right ventricle is a heart defect where the aorta connects to the heart in the wrong place. So in a normal heart, you have four chambers of your heart. Usually on one side, you have one vessel. On the other side, you have the other. But in double outlet right ventricle, you have both vessels on the one side of the heart. Therefore, when a child is born with double outlet right ventricle, 
it's not just one issue. There's usually a couple things going on. So I was actually born with a few things, three to be exact. Right. So in addition to the double outlet right ventricle, you also have total anomalous pulmonary venous return, which is such a mouthful. So I, all my friends call it TAPVR. So can you tell us what TAPVR is and what the doctors did to help you with that? Yeah. So TAPVR is when the pulmonary veins that connect to other veins, ultimately they drain the blood into the wrong side of the heart chamber. So you have these veins that are carrying the blood through your body from one side of the heart to your lungs and vice versa. And it goes in a particular formation. So in a normal heart or any heart, for example, its job is to pump the blood in and out of the body. That's it. That's what your heart does. Every heartbeat, it repeats a cycle of pumping blood in and out of the body, but your veins are what carry that blood. So tap VR specifically is those veins that carry the blood. And for a patient with double outlet right ventricle, those veins are both on the same side of the heart instead of pumping back and forth. That sounds so complicated. Yep, yep. It's a procedure that is needed, a surgery, instantly. Because if your heart isn't carrying the blood properly, it's going to cause issues. Sure, it sounds to me like you would immediately go into congestive heart failure. Yep. Yep. So that surgery I had, I've had four open heart surgeries. That surgery in particular was my second surgery that they repaired the TAP VR along with VSD and the double outlet right ventricle all on my second surgery. Okay. So you had a VSD as well. For those of you who don't know, that stands for ventricular septal defect. It sounds to me as though that might've helped to keep you alive as long as you were because the blood in your heart was mixing. Whereas it sounds like you had a lot of blood going to the wrong place. So it may not have been picking up oxygen the way it should have been, but that VSD was allowing the blood to mix. So you weren't too cyanotic. Am I right with that conjecture? You're absolutely right. So without that hole in my heart, believe it or not, it saved my life. Right. My son was the same way. So I totally understand So what did they do with the very first surgery? So I'm not too familiar with what they did, but the first surgery was when I was day nine. Okay. Um, They put a pulmonary artery band. So from what Mm -hmm. I've taken from that, I'm pretty sure it's something that tightens off the, I believe, the valve. Well, what happens with the pulmonary arteries is that that carries the blood to your pulmonary system, which is your lungs. And if those pulmonary arteries are too big, it will flood the lungs with too much fluid. And that's how you can get into congestive heart failure. So they put a band on those pulmonary arteries, and that restricts how much fluid can be pumped into your lungs. So you're less likely to go into congestive heart failure. And they do need to do that right away. If they don't do that pretty soon, it's just too easy for you to go into congestive heart failure. Yep. So I think when they found my defect, that was their first instinct was to close that off so I can survive. That completely makes sense. That completely makes sense to me. Although I'm just a mom. For any of those people who are listening, (laughs) I am just a mama. I am not a doctor. I am not a nurse. I'm just a mama who really cares about the CHD community 
And I've worked really hard to try and understand what a lot of these different defects are. If I've made any mistakes, I'm sure my listeners will let me know. Anna, you blew it. You didn't get this right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If anybody writes to me, I'll put a link in the show notes to make sure that everybody can see what the correct assessment is. But I also know that you've had some valve issues. So can you tell me about what valve issues you've had? Yeah, absolutely. I still have a leaky pulmonary valve. So they put a conduit in my heart. And within that conduit is a paper thin valve. And after time, it Mm. wears down. So currently, Mm. I'm dealing with pulmonary valve regurgitation, which means Mm. it leaks backwards. So as of right now, again, that valve is still leaking. So over the years, that's why I do yearly checkups to check the status of it. Mm-hmm. As it leaks severely, they'd have to take action and do another surgery. Luckily, great news is with technology nowadays, if I needed the valve replaced in the future, they're hopeful to do it through a cardio catheter and wouldn't have to open me back up. Awesome. Night Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Michael, let's start this segment by talking about your life after surgery. It appears that you haven't needed surgery for 13 years, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You also told me that growing up wasn't easy for you and that you were a bit scrawny and sickly as a child. So can you tell us a little bit about what your teen years were like? Yeah, absolutely. I can remember when I was in elementary school, everybody goes to recess and I used to always have the teachers come up to me before recess and say, hey, you got to be careful out there. I'm sure you know this, but, you know, be careful. When I reached high school, believe it or not, I was on the basketball team and I had to sit out the one year that I had my open heart surgery. And I didn't really understand because I thought I was healthy. But Mm -hmm. coming into the team, I'm very upset and frustrated when the coach is telling you, you know, you can't play. You just had open heart surgery a couple months ago. You could still be on the team. So I was still on the team, which was nice. But again, I couldn't play. So growing up in general, living with that condition and that defect it takes a toll on you because you really don't understand your limits. Mm. And as a kid, you just want to play. You just want to play, play, play. 
And when you're told right. you can't. I'm surprised, rough. Michael. I'm surprised that the coach said you can't play, but you can be on the team and that you wanted to be on the team. Would you like the team cheerleader? Did you help with stats? <laughs> I mean, what did you do? Because it would have been boring to just sit on the bench. No, 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 no. When you're on a basketball team, you know, you have all your friends there, so they understand what's going on. And it's just good to be there. You take your bus rides to your away games and it's just really cool to be in that environment and to feel a part of the team. During practice, I would pass the ball to the guys and I'd still dribble and shoot my own shots and stuff like that. But it's awesome that they included me in that. So it sounds to me like they didn't want you running back and forth and being bumped into by the other kids and having the pressure to go faster Correct. and faster, even if your body was saying, no, it's time to sit down. So they took that pressure away from you and said, hey, you can still work out with us. We just don't want you to be in the game. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And like I said, when I was young, I was growing up, I was pretty skinny. I was pretty pale. I've been through so many surgeries. So health-wise, I don't think I was at my full potential. Mm -hmm. So that was always difficult as well, just being a smaller child and not really reaching your growth status. Okay, so I have to know, because we were talking about heights, you and my producer, and we were talking about our heights before we started the recording, and you're a little on the short side of average, <laughs> I would guess. So did you go to a really small high school? Because I went to a 5A high school in Texas. I don't know if they grade them the same way all over, but... There's no way I would have qualified for the basketball team because I was way too short. Maybe they would have let me do their stats, but that's about it. <laughs> I went to a very small high school. I graduated with, I think, 98 kids. Oh, my gosh. Our band I mean, was bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, it's tiny. So I was short. Okay. I was short either way. But they still took you. I mean, that's great. That's the advantage to going to a small school is that probably anybody who wants to play gets a chance to play. And that makes it even more fun. Yep. Okay. Well, I know from watching your video, which we'll talk about in the next segment even more, that you're married. And we also mentioned that in the bio at the top of the show. Tell us a little bit about your wife and how long you've been married. So I just recently got married August 20th. Congratulations. So you got married in August 2021. Yep. My wife and I flew out to Malibu, California. Oh. We love California and we got married on the beach. We had an elopement. So it was just me and her saved a ton of money that way. And we had the time of our lives. Oh, that sounds so romantic. It was truly awesome. I mean, she's been here day in, day out. I mean, she's my rock. Without her, I don't know if I'd get through what I've been through. On top of that, she has the education put behind her being a nurse. Mm -hmm. She's always there for me. So how long have you known her? I've met her in high school. So we've been together for 10 years, but finally just recently gotten married. That's awesome. Can we say her name on the air? Yeah, absolutely. Her name's Megan O'Malley. Well, Megan McKelvey now. Megan McKelvey. Well... Hello, Megan, from <laughs> Heart to Heart with Anna. Thank you for sharing your husband with us for a little while. This is awesome. Well, congratulations. And I hope your mom and your dad weren't too upset that you eloped and didn't let them be part of your wedding. 
No, not at all. They're happy. I'm happy. Well, that sounds like good parents. So tell us what you've done as an adult heart warrior. We know you've gotten married and we know you're an internet service provider technician. Did you have to go to college for that? No, I did not actually. I got into that through a buddy of mine. My friend texted me one time and said, hey, we're hiring here at, it used to be Time Warner Cable at the time. And he said, we just go in and out of people's houses and hook up their cable and internet. He said, you got to climb a 28 foot ladder and hook it up at the pole and stuff like that. He said, but if you're looking for the opportunity, it's definitely there. And they train you. They sent me away to training. That's how I got into that. As far as work, I've never been held back from work. That's the positive note. I realized as I gotten older in my life here, I've gotten more healthy, which I'm very glad. So as far as work goes, I don't get held back as far as not being able to breathe or anything like that, but mm-hmm. very blessed. You don't deal with arrhythmias or anything like that? I mean, I feel the regurgitation. I can hear mm. it. I can feel mm. it. But every year I go get a checkup, they say it's completely fine. You're only mild. You're not severe yet. I deal with that stuff. But to me, it's normal. It's my normal. So it's just me chugging along. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. In this segment, I'd like to talk to you, Michael, about your video that you published on January 1st, 2022. It's because of your video that I became aware of you. My producer, Ellen Badoub, shared your video with me, and the rest is history. So tell us about your video. Yeah, this video I made over the course of a year. I used a GoPro and took shots, took videos of just me on a daily basis. And I also took pictures of when I was a baby and I pieced it all together. And it was something that I feel I needed to do in my life, not only to help others, I think, understand congenital heart disease and living with it. After piecing it together, I took a step back and said, this really helps me as well. It's just a video of my life growing up with congenital heart disease. So it it really hit home. Well, it's so upbeat. You put music to it. It's so much fun. You're laughing in it. It's not a scary, sad video. I mean, some of the pictures show you're a heart kid, but you seem so happy in it. 
was that the message that you were trying to portray? Yeah, yeah. And if you watch the video, no matter what you go through, especially congenital heart kids, they know, and adults, they know how tough it is. But even if you have other situations in your life, no matter what it is, the message is, doesn't matter. Just be happy. Try your best. There's always support out there. It's for anybody that is really struggling with anything they're going through. There's a bright side of things. There is. I think sometimes we have to search for that bright side, especially for me. The hardest part, I think, was not knowing. It took us quite a while before we got my child's diagnosis. And that was really scary because my husband and I both knew something was wrong. But everybody kept telling us we were wrong and that we were being overprotective until we got the diagnosis and then it became an emergency procedure. So that was really scary. But then the other scary time for us was the between the next surgery and knowing that we had to stay healthy, we had to stay away from people. It was like what people are living with COVID now. That's what it was for us. But at the time, we were the only ones, everyone else in the world was not cognizant of the fact that their germs could cause death. Yeah. Yeah, Anna, I mean, that's the biggest part. I mean, you know, because you're a mother of someone with congenital heart defects, the biggest part is the support group. I'm sure you've supported your son all the way throughout, and that's awesome. But I feel there were people out there that that's another reason I made the video that don't get the support. Mm -hmm. So I was hoping this would reach out to them and really strike home to them. Like there are people out there that are there for you. Right, right. You and my child are from the generation when there really wasn't much support. We didn't have internet service providers like you. <laughs> I mean, my child yeah. was two. My oldest was five before we even got internet. And back then it was yeah. dial-up and not yep. everybody had it. Yeah. So you all were from a different generation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's good and bad, like everything else. Technology is great in a way, like I was talking about earlier, how they can just take a heart cath and go right through your leg and bam, you're done. So technology is great. And then there's other sides of it that people will argue. So, Yeah, oh, I agree. I mean, we definitely have seen the downside of the Internet in some ways yep. because there is bullying that occurs yeah. on the Internet. And I hate it when I see that. I have a dear friend, Tom Dahlberg. And he's out there, he's written a book about bullying, he's out there talking about bullying and trying to make our world a kinder, gentler place. And I think we all have to work toward that end. Is that why you became an advocate for the congenital heart defect community so that you could be a bright spot? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think I got the support. I truly don't. I mean, my parents were always there for me, don't get me wrong, but right. it's something that you have to go through by yourself. Mm. nobody ever taught me that so I reached mm -hmm. a point honestly just recently where I understand that now yeah while I'm reaching out to other people it's truly where I want to be and what I want to do mm -hmm. I love that I love it you are such a ray of sunshine out in what could be considered a bleak world by a lot of people and what you did for parents even if there aren't heart warriors who saw it, but as we know, my producer's a heart warrior and she saw it. It made her smile. She was so excited to share it with me. But the parents, especially parents who are expecting and they don't know what to expect for their baby, seeing somebody like you share like you did, that is such an inspiration. 
Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. My producer also found a poem that you wrote on the Mended Little Hearts website. And I'm wondering if you'd like to read that poem to my listeners and tell us why you entered their contest. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I entered the contest just because it was something that I felt, again, that you could reach out and just help somebody just by writing a simple poem. For those people who don't know, Mended Little Hearts is a national organization in the United States, and they are the children's or younger people's portion of Mended Hearts, which is for people who have acquired heart disease. So Mended Little Hearts is geared towards the children. Okay, thanks, Michael. Take it away. Yeah, this poem's called Hearts Woven. Hearts Woven. Hearts Been Broken. Deep down my chest, I've been sliced wide open. Born not knowing, scars clearly showing, the pain and discomfort, but I am slowly growing. The power of a man to understand what's in his hand, he's dumbfounded in the light, but still sticks to the plan. Unfolded the truth, untold to be shown, scars lie even deeper than what he's ever known. Wicked limits hassled and strangled the life from within, fighting every breath for forgiveness of sin. Painted melodies of gluttony and sorrow, he often feels like his life is being borrowed. He fights and fights, just wanting to be heard. His heart sings, but without any words. His heart aches just for one day to be healthy. But even he knows money can't save him no matter how wealthy. That's why he remains smiling and is as happy as can be, even though his scars will never leave. And that's the poem. I love it. Nice job. It's pretty deep. It's pretty deep. Yeah, it's very deep. What you go through is very deep, Michael. It is deep. I think what's even harder, I think, that I still try to deal with is, and Anna, you could probably speak more on this, is you're not the only one that's been through it. My mom right. and dad were there the whole ride. Mm -hmm. That is what troubles me sometimes is what have they gone through? And I won't ever know. They're a parent and I'm not a parent right now. So it's, you have other people that go through it as well. Right. I'm sure there are so many people who will read that poem and say, yeah, I get it. Yeah. They'll be able to completely connect to the feelings that you described in that poem and the emotion that is in that poem. You're right. You have scars that will never leave. Your parents also have scars that will never leave. My feeling has been, as I've traversed this journey, that God gave me my children for a reason. And I am such a different person because of my children. They've made me stronger. And I think they've made me the person God wanted me to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think your scars, too, have helped to mold the person you were supposed to be. And who knew that you would be this 
kind of like a spokesperson for CHD and giving everybody a ray of sunshine to yep. consider as they're looking at their child living with a congenital heart defect. So bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. You're strong. You're a strong woman as well. I think we all have to be strong. Yeah. We don't really have a choice if we want to yeah. keep going. It's like you said, you just keep chugging along. Whether your heart's perfect or not, whether you have a perfect life or not, I think you make your life as perfect as you can. And it sounds like you've done a great job with your life. I'm so glad I had a chance to meet you and talk to you face to face. So thank you so much for being on the program today, Michael. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much. Friends, if you've enjoyed this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna, please leave a review on whatever platform you use to listen to the program. I hope you've enjoyed this success story Saturday. I definitely feel like it has been a fantastic success for me to have Michael on the program. Thanks, Ellen, for finding Michael. Remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.